Over the past three days in Project 70, we had seven first-time occurrences and we finally got a bow. But is it the bow we are all looking for? You can make the argument that Crayola plus Jim Abbott will equal the lowest selling card on Monday, the Doc Ellis by Chinatown Market. But that card could surprise us. That card could come in over 2,000. So that Doc Ellis did not touch 2,000, but it did surprise us with its results. That card is right now the second highest printed card this week. But we'll get to all that here in a few minutes. Welcome to episode number 36 of the Project 70 Show. My name is Chris, otherwise known on Twitter and Instagram is at CRT underscore sports cards. And my website is your number one reference for everything related to Project 70. And of course, it is another Friday evening, which means on Sunday I'll be releasing first player pricing updates on the foil and the base card, so check those numbers out early on Sunday morning. And let's now also clean up a few things from my Tuesday show. Number one, this is week number 13 in Project 70, not week number 14. And number two, more importantly here, that Jim Abbott card was designed by Greg Crayola Simpkins, not Sess. I kept wanting to say Sess correctly the whole episode that I didn't even notice that I said that name during Crayola's Jim Abbott. So I apologize to Crayola for not giving him the credit for that Jim Abbott. But of course, that Jim Abbott did come in at the bottom of the Monday print runs. And now let's take a look at the Monday and the Tuesday cards to see where this set is at after two days of print runs. So sticking with the highs here, our best selling card so far this week is that Griffey by Jonas Never. Not really a surprise here, but then second, there is that Chinatown Market Doc Ellis 1503. But you see three things on there. Three red squares, which means three of the eight cards that released this week and then have had their print runs released are now in the bottom 10 of the set. But still, it is very, very difficult to get under 1,000. Although Tops really tried their best this morning, maybe more by accident to just decimate the set when people went to go buy their cards and the shipping was showing $10 for just one base card. Thankfully, that was corrected quickly and they were not charging $10 per base card because if they had done that, that would have nearly guaranteed print runs in the 700 and 800 because it would not have become economically uh, smart to purchase cards with $10 shipping every single day of the week. But is there anything to extrapolate from these eight print runs? Let's take a quick look back at what I said and where I thought the Tuesday cards would fall in rank order. Number one, the bestseller on Tuesday is going to be that Ken Griffey Jr. Second here, it's gonna be that Juan Soto. Third, we're gonna see JK5 with that Carlton Fisk. And I think unfortunately, Henry Munson will be towards the bottom. And so while that rank order came to fruition, it doesn't mean I can see it in the future. It just means the set is becoming more and more predictable every single day of the week that goes by. People, because the set is so large, are running out of options when it comes to being able to experiment with other artists. And of course, I said this on the Tuesday show, so if you've not gone back, please go back and watch that. But here's the great thing here. Over the past three days, we have had 50% of the players get released for the very, very first time in the set. So it does appear that the artists are doing their best to get us new subjects. We are now officially over 100 players in the set. So that is really, really good to see. But I will say one artist really took a risk here and it could really backfire in the short term. And that card is going to be Don C. 
Don C, of course, is no stranger to controversy in either Project 2020 or Project 70, but he releases an A-Rod card in a Mariners uniform. And I don't can and I don't know if there's a very many Mariner fans up here in the Northwest or anywhere in the world that were looking for an A-Rod card considering how he burned the organization back as a young player. But when I saw this card for the first time the other day, I got a real Vegas theme to this card and I got sort of a, a two-way approach here. Yes, this card is about celebrating A-Rod being a member of the 4040 club. But when I saw this card, and yes, I'm a transplant Mariner fan, but this is a young A-Rod heading to Vegas thinking he's going to strike it rich. And he rolled the dice and it came up snake eyes. But if he had just kept his head down and hustled his entire career, he would have been an instantaneous Hall of Famer when his name was called after five years. So this is the card that I'm most curious on, on where the print run will land. You can make the argument it's going to be high because people are going to print run chase. You can also make the argument it's going to be low because it's A-Rod in a Mariners uniform from Don C. We will see what the jury says here in the next couple of days. But now one card that we know is going to sell very well is going to be this Ronald Acuna Jr. by Sophia Chang. This is Acuna's fifth card in the set, and no, that is not the most at the moment. There are multiple players at five, but there is a player at seven. We'll get to that here in a few minutes. But on this Acuna, we are continuing to see the evolution of Sophia Chang's artwork and design style compared to Project 2020. And this one with Yakuna, you have the lip out, you have the kid having fun playing baseball. But that is a theme that we saw numerous times over the past couple of days, and that's great to see. But on this Acuna, will it sell more than 6,000 or will it sell under 5,000? If it gets over 6.1, this will now be the second best Acuna in the set from a sales perspective, or if it goes under 5,000, that'll be the lowest printed Acuna in the set. And so since we're in a gambling kind of mood tonight, are you taking the over or the under on 6K when it comes to this Acuna by Sophia Chang? And also, speaking about kids playing the game, having fun, this is sort of live in the moment. Jared Kelnick just hit his first home run as a Mariner, his very first hit. Very, very exciting. And I'm, and I'm saying this out loud for one reason. Blake Jamison, over the past couple of days, keeps putting eyes in the shush emote on people talking about Jared Kelnick. And I'm really curious, is Blake Jamison going to put Jared Kelnick in Project 70? Because I just don't understand why Jamison is tweeting about him in that sort of way. And so while there are a lot of things like Kelnick's home run going right in baseball right now, there is one thing that was a major wrong over the past couple of weeks, and that, of course, was the exit of Albert Pujols from the Angels organization just to cut a player of that stature and of that magnitude, I think was just the wrong way to go about it. But that is, of course, the results of the numerical approach to baseball versus the way it was played back in the day. No one's right, no one's wrong here, but here it is, Andrew Thiel releasing his Albert Pujols, and thankfully it is in a Cardinals batting helmet or uniform if you wanna use those exact terms here. And this, of course, he uses 2001 tops as the inspiration. So when you look at this card and go, that may not look like Pujols. Remember, 2001 is Pujols' rookie card year. So this card is meant to take us back 20 years to when none of us had seen that swing before. 
And now turning our eyes from one of the most feared hitters in the game to probably the best closer this game will ever see. We have Michael B. with his Mario Rivera, a player that we saw numerous times last year in Project 2020 and sold very, very few copies. But here it is. This is a horizontal. This is going to make everyone mad if they're a vertical card fan of Mariano. But when I saw this card for the very first time, and maybe it's because I think there's water coming from behind the graphic of Mariano, but the card is just fresh. And when I've spoken before about Michael B's card, about being the most modern feeling card in these in this entire set, this is another very, very modern and fresh card. So I think it works for Michael B's set. And so while that Michael B Mariano will slot in very nicely to his entire 20 card set, this next card, the Mike Piazza, does not slot in nicely at all to anything that we have seen from Oldman Allen. And that is meant as no disrespect to Oldman Allen because I am a collector of his cards. But Oldman Allen has made us expect pictures from him and stories. And yes, there is a story behind this card, but Old Man Allen here does an illustration. And so it was great to see something different, but it was also something I didn't expect to ever see from Old Man Allen when it comes to cards in Project 70. So the only question is, Old Man Allen, are you gonna do more of this? Because I like it, it's different, and it creates more range in your set than just using photos, which have been fantastic, but I do like this next move here with this Piazza. So while we will add a number one to the category of illustrations by Oman Allen with that Piazza, we do have to talk about the elephant in the room. We have to talk about the most released player in Project 70. And when you think about all of the griping, which was incorrect about the Yankees, around the Dodgers, around the multiple releases of certain players, nobody has been saying a single word about the fact that there have been seven each rows in this set. This is the most produced player in Project 70. And here we have it by Snoop Dogg. And this may be, in my opinion, yes, I'm a biased Mariners fan. I'm a biased Ichiro fan. I do believe this is his best card at the moment, but it is not, of course, the best Ichiro. The best Ichiro in the set belongs to Quicks. It's gonna be very, very difficult to top that Quicks Ichiro, but Quicks this week released a player that I was very happy to see and that a lot of young younger fans of Major Baseball may not have any idea who he is, but for a good eight to nine year period there, he dominated baseball and he's from right up here in the Pacific Northwest. And that would be Tim Lincecum, otherwise known as the Freak, the player who had sort of the most aggressive or most violent pitching motion the game has maybe ever seen. That's maybe an over-exaggeration, but it was just electric to watch him pitch because he just dominated the game for so many years. And then just like that, he was done with. He was over with. He could not make a roster. And so he's also a guy that you could be next to in the store and never know who he is. I always think about the fact that maybe I'll run into him up here. I think he still lives up here in Renton, um, right next to Seattle. But who knows? I would never ever approach if I saw him. But this is just a normal looking guy who dominated baseball. And for me, I'm just glad that he is in the set. And who knows if we'll ever get another card of his in the set. But if you're a Lincecum fan, you have to pick up this Quicks version. And now moving over to when you think about violent throwing motions, when you want a lay kick, who do you think about? You think about El Duque. You think about Orlando Hernandez. And here he is, another new player in the set. 
This time by one of my artists that I'm collecting in the set. This is Action Bronson. This card fits to his theme. I've said that before with other cards tonight. When you think about Action Bronson, what do you get? You get multiple exposures of the player. You also get 1971 tops with a solid background. This red is vibrant. So at the end of the day, if you like Action Bronson, you are going to buy this card. If you don't like Action Bronson, you're not going to buy this card. It's either A or B with this artist at this moment. So now that leaves us just four players left for the week, but one player had a double first. And of course, every player right now, this is the first time we've seen them, but this is the very first time we've seen Bo Bichette in the set. And I'm sorry, it is not Bo Jackson. Hopefully we'll see Bo Jackson here in the coming weeks. But it is the very, very first time that we have seen an artist tackle 1966 tops. That, that year has been mysteriously absent since the beginning. But here it is, Mac McCormick taking his vintage feeling set and adding Bo Bichette to the set. I think of Dante Bichette when I think about Bo Bichette. But for all the kids out there, this is sort of the new Bichette in their lexicon of player names. But what is this card when you think about it? And someone who is a collector of modern cards, this feels like a Topps Heritage card. There's a reason why I like 1971 Topps so much, and it's not because I was born in 71, I wasn't even born until 82, but it's because I fell in love with 71 Topps through Topps Heritage, and so this feels like a Topps Heritage card. So maybe this card will sell well, because it does have a feel of a modern card, plus a vintage card, plus also it is of a new and upcoming player in the game. And now if you are a gambling man here, I would put a lot of money on the fact that we will see Bo Bichette multiple times in Project 70, and one artist that is probably guaranteed to release it, but maybe will not now because I just said that, will be Jacob Rochester, because Jacob Rochester is doing his Young Gun set, and here again this week, he releases another young gun and we have Tim Anderson with the bat flip. For every old baseball fan who hates the bat flip, get off my lawn when they see that stuff. I love it, I think it's great. This is the new age. So this card is fun, this card is electric. It also pairs very, very nicely with the Sophia Chang Acuna, we have the bat flip plus the lip out. So this is the way of baseball in the future, and this is just an artist who tackles it so very well with a Tim Anderson bat flip. But if you're like, Chris, look, I'm tired of young players. I want a veteran player. I want to see someone new. Leave it to Toy Tokyo to bring us Carl Yastrzemski. This is Yastrzemski's very, very first card in Project 70, another first a player you could have made the argument should have been included in Project 2020, but it's very, very nice to see Toy Tokyo put him in 1990 tops. And I'll speak more about 1990 tops here. This is becoming a very eclectic set when you look at all 10 cards right now, but this is also Skeet One or Sket One's very first design in this set. Of course, Toy Tokyo is having them as their guest artist. So the question I have is how well will this card sell? Red Sox fans have been wanting more and more cards and they've got a couple here recently. So will this card sell more or less than 2000? And last but not least here, we have Soulfly with their wait for it, Chicago Cubs card of Javier Baez. 
the second horizontal card that released over the past couple of days. And if you're a Cubs fan, this is a player, a team that you wanted to see. And all that we have read on social media for months now, it feels like is there should be more Cubs, there should be more Cubs. Quicks had the very first Cubs card with Ernie Banks, and it's been a very, very long road since that card released. So here it is, your opportunity to show that Cubs cards will sell very well in this set. Go buy this card right now on the Topps website. Make this card deliver four to five, 6,000. Prove to everyone out there that Cubs are worth producing in this set. With that, have a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you back on Tuesday evening for episode number 37 of the Project 70 Show.